All right, so hi guys, welcome to our first episode. Right before we jump and dive deep into this very rich episode, I wanted to let you guys know that it is a one hour episode that I ended up by chopping into, just because I know that most of us are not going to listen to an episode sitting down. All right. I do want to let you guys know that part one will be dealing with more of a cultural approach to identity, what we know about it, what does it mean, um, how can we Christians think about this, what does it mean. Part two will be much more of a biblical approach, so I'll be diving deeper into scripture um, and tying it at the end with a message of for kingdom and for culture. Um, that said, I'm going to jump into the intro and I hope you guys enjoy the first and most definitely, Lord willing, not the last episode of our podcast. Welcome back to the Black Sheep Podcast. Alright, 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 calm down, calm down. I know, I know you're pretty excited, okay. Um, first of all, welcome to our very first episode, just a few episodes extra tips before i get started today um my fan on my laptop is very loud okay um she has not excused herself and i am so sorry for that i was trying to be very techy and going into my settings and playing around i followed a tutorial but that did not work i don't have certain settings on my laptop and so i can't for the sake of this episode turn off my fan so please bear with me all right bear with me it's going to be a little loud in the background, but I'm doing the best that I can. That being said, let's just jump into our mini prayer. So I pray this over you on this episode, that Jesus may open your eyes to who you believed you were and that he would show you who you truly are and most importantly, whose you are. All right. Okay. So if you follow me on Instagram, you would have probably seen which if you don't, please go follow me at Sandra Lewis on Instagram. Okay. You would probably seen a series of pictures of me wearing this blue Hawaiian top, looking real cute. My hair's flowing in the wind or whatever. Uh, I was feeling myself. I say, yes, I'm wearing jeans and these cute sandals and I'm smiling in the air. Totally candid pictures. And I'm wearing a certain rainbow belt. And I want to read you the caption because I really felt like that was what the Holy Spirit had led on my heart to say. Um, so I wrote on the caption, I bought this belt at the tender age of 14. I was in my journey to discovering myself and after having secretly accepted that I was bisexual, I bought this garage belt and it was a way to rise up against those who I felt rejected me because of who I was and because of who I loved. No one knew and yet it was so good at the time at least to stand up for something that I believed in. And in this pride that I carried secretly made me feel somewhat powerful. That same feeling would later follow me when I came out to my friends as being asexual. However, despite trying to wrap myself in my confused sexual identity, I didn't realize that who I was was more than just who I felt attracted to. I didn't know it, but there was a bigger, better, more beautiful identity that was awaiting me. One wrapped and so enveloped by the love of Christ. For the word of God says, I'm quoting, Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. A new way of living has come into existence. 
I promise you, your truest and most fulfilling identity is who you become in Christ. When he pulls you out of the deepest, darkest pit, when he rescues you from your biggest inner tug of war of your soul, which is between evil and good, the flesh and the spirit. And when he liberates you, it is the most soul quenching event in your life. Gosh, I wish you could see that you are so beautiful to him. Jesus approves of you and he truly finds you beautiful. So on this Pride Month, I exhort you, sweet friends, yes, quote-unquote, be proud of your identity. Yes, you do you, boo, but as you do, never stop digging. Keep digging, for you will soon realize that maybe your truest identity, who you truly are, goes beyond your sexuality and your deepest affections. Who you are is a new creature. Not one that is enveloped in six-inch heels, glitter and sassy catwalks, though I myself... I'm all for the catwalks and the glitter. Um, <laughs> but one that is wonderfully and fearfully made in Christ. Psalm 131 verse 13, 14. Beautiful, beautiful is who you are in Christ. I kind of dramatized that a little bit, I have to admit. All right. It was a little bit dramatic. But <laughs> um, that was essentially the post that I wrote. Let's break that down identity 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 as of late that word has been so popularized and i find the term identity um to be a very interesting term so i'm going to give you guys a bit of background information i recently took a summer class um an online summer class and one of the themes that we had to talk about was again identity sexual identity and we had to write a reflective paper about based off a video of these this one person guessing the sexual identity of multiple people um, based off just their looks and I as I was watching the video I was like this is very interesting and in the video you see this you know these guessers just labeling um so and so because well they're wearing a hat and and that's really like a lesbian thing or I don't know they don't know how to dance and gay people don't do that or like oh, I think she's transgender because like and they were just like labeling people based off what they saw and I thought it was very very interesting and throughout the video I was like man like the word label, identity, who you are, like that word was sticking out to me on a deeper level. And I was thinking like, why are we taking the label? Why are we the ones labeling ourselves? It's a little counterproductive, don't you think? Because we fought for so long to break free from those labels, right? That other people place on us, right? When people say, hey, you know, F word, F-A-G-O-T, you're like, no, like, that's not who I am. Or, hey, you know, um, N word or whatever, you know, you're like, that's not who I am. And yet we've reappropriated these things. It's weird. I find it so weird, right? We fight so long to break free from the labels that others place on us, and yet we go right back into bondage by labeling ourselves. We want to be free, we say, and, and we hate stereotypes, and we hate labels, and we hate, you know, um, 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 words that people place on us, and yet we grab hold of them, right? We remove others' power and ability to label us just to stick them right back on us. So I, I don't know if this is some sort of appropriation, but the truth is, and many, especially the enemy, your accuser, your labeler, don't want you to know this, but you are not your sexual identity. Allow me to set you free with that truth. You are not your sexual identity. For it is not strong enough to carry you through storms, through trials. That is not 
who you are. Awaken, awaken, awaken. You are not your sexual identity. You are God's child. And that is so much better. You are God's child. You are a royal priesthood, a chosen race. Come on, 1 Peter 2.9. You are made for such a time as this. Come on, Esther 4.14. You have royal DNA inside of you. That is who you are. I think that it's so, so um, timely, this conversation, because I sat around long enough around people to hear the conversations that they're having about non-Christians and how religious they are. And I, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that for a moment. I want to talk about um, why are we having such a hard time as Christians to discuss um, to discuss these topics of sexual identity and and all of that. And I and I really feel this so heavy on my spirit. Is a lot of us we're dealing with fear when it comes to other sins like adultery, lying, murdering, stealing. We are we know it's a sin and we're like okay but especially in afro-caribbean culture afro-caribbean custom afro-caribbean churches we get very 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 icky when it comes to the word homosexuality and and it has been my experience myself being in that culture you know being haitian um i i just always felt like i was ousted because of my tendencies um, and I never had a coming out story I was way too afraid of my parents <laughs> no offense okay um I never I never did any of that but I felt like I never could have a space to open up and to be myself um part of that was because God again I'm gonna get into that that's not who you are when you label yourself as that that's not who you are but I felt I felt very very constricted and afraid and I want to talk to, my heart is just so heavy for particularly people in, in our community, Afro-Caribbean culture. Um, and, and not even, I'll extend it to not just black, you know, culture, I'll extend it to all cultures. Um, if you were raised in a very religious household, um, and, and specifically the topic of sexual identity and, and homosexuality and, and, and all that stuff, um, it just created a lot of trauma for you. I, I want to come on here and say, Jesus is not here to traumatize you he is here to set you free men he is here to set you free he is not here um to bash your head with the bible that's not love that's law and i and i get so annoyed <laughs> i'm about to rant that's not even on my script okay i get so annoyed when we when we just get so caught up in this one particular sin and and, and and we are afraid and ready to go up in arms against the government right we ignore other injustices that are happening in our culture and in our world and we get so frustrated and yet it's like man like why are we so up in arms about this issue um and i understand why because the bible biblically speaking has a framework for marriage and for family and i'm a wholehearted believer in that but that's all founded in love and when you're coming and approaching someone and you're trying to evangelize to them just to deter them from being gay that's not evangelism baby that's proselyting and that's hate and not love because you only see their sin when god sees their soul oh man 
You only see their sin when God sees their soul. Because the Bible says, come on, Bible, that at the right time, God sent Jesus to us. Christ loved us in that while we were still sinners, he died for us. He could have stopped and said, oh, no, no, no. But he saw our soul. And I want to implore you, Christian, you who feel the need, who have a burden for the gay community. For I do too. I want to implore you to not see their sin, but to see their soul. Because when you can enter into that space, when you can enter into that that area with that person, and you can let go of what's happening and simply seek their soul, you'll be able to have dinner with them. That's what's going to happen. You'll help them out in their house. You'll pet their dog. And then conversation after conversation will happen. But don't jump to um, to their lifestyle. Don't jump to, 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 to what's happening around them because they're not going to want to come to Jesus. They're not going to want to come to Jesus because they're going to think that what you are preaching and the way you're behaving is what Jesus believes in. When the reality is that's not true. We've seen multiple times Jesus engage with um, sinful people. And yet the Bible says that he was full of grace and full of truth. Full of grace and full of truth. He knew how to meet people where they were at. To see their soul. To call out the sin. But to set them free. Hallelujah. Hey. He saw their soul. He called out the sin to set them free. Is that your formula? Do you see their soul? know the sin but set them are you are you talking about the sin just because you want to 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 pinpoint something and feel better than others or are you actually pointing it out to to set them free or to show them where freedom is at right because where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom thank you bible okay so i i want to give a little bit of a testimony time just because i i i believe in in testifying um like i said in the post i um grew up thinking that i was um bisexual and i actually talked about this in my testimony when i gave my life to jesus on april 14 2022 and i just for the longest time so when people say things like you know um it you know i'm born this way um i actually believe that um because I, I do believe that my attraction started very, very young. Um, for as long as I can remember, I always felt like it was just normal. <laughs> like, to to feel both ways. To love boys. And, like, I remember telling myself this. Like, when I was watching High School Musical, I fell both in love with... I fell in love with both Zach and Sharpay. Like, I liked both. And I thought it was normal. And funny enough, I was having a conversation with my sister recently about um, eating pizza. Because I have a lot of gut issues and ever since I was a kid pepperoni pizza just made my stomach hurt a lot I don't know if it's the gluten or the whatever but my stomach was just always hurting and I didn't like it and I can't would always eat it and I thought it was normal to have a stomach ache and so I walked around just my stomach like my hand clutched to my stomach thinking this was normal and she was like what like Naya you never told me this she's like this is not normal and I'm like girl I thought it was normal but you know we had a whole conversation about it and, and it's literally like just that was just what was my reality and i thought it was normal until catch this until i heard how other people spoke about gay people and homosexuals and and homosexuality and just the whole kit and until then that was when i kept quiet and so i'm over here 
you know, in my head, I'm, I'm kind of behaving in my own way until I heard how my classmates spoke about um, gay people, until I heard about the way the church spoke about them, dealt with them. The whole idea of if I ever have a gay kid, I'm going to put him on adoption or that was such a norm in our community. Um, and 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 I just and it was then that I started feeling very afraid because I remember hating myself then because I felt like, why would God make me this way? Um, if God hates gay people, why would he make me this way? I'm surely going to hell. There's no way that I'm going to be redeemed. That was all a lie. Looking back, I'm like, yo, like, that was a lie. Like, like, my gosh, like, that was such a lie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember there was this one instance particularly where I started discovering myself a lot more, quote unquote, and I would, you know, watch a lot of, like, gay YouTubers. It was around that era, VidCon and all that stuff. Y'all know, right? And... It was Tyler Oakley. I've been trying to remember this dude's name. For, I'm so sorry, Tyler, if you're listening to this. You're the cutest little bear ever. But I literally was trying to remember his name. And I, yes, Tyler Oakley. My goodness, that was his name. I was so inspired by his videos. Um, yes, Tyler. Oh my gosh, Tyler, that was his name. I really loved his videos because I just felt like he was just such a happy sunshine. Um... Tyler Oakley was amazing. I used to watch as well um, Shane Dawson. He was hilarious. Um, hi, Shane. Um, I'm sorry I'm not listening, but um, just a lot of other YouTubers. And I felt, it was weird, I felt weirdly accepted. I, I didn't feel accepted. Um, and again, never done a coming out um, to my parents. I've never, I had never, this was the most hidden secret in my heart. Um, and yet, just based off the way that people spoke about gay people around me, just being able to be a fly in the wall, just to hear tidbits of conversations, it it was enough for me to feel hated by myself. Without anyone telling me any hateful words, I felt hated on my own. And so I, I just wanted to 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 hide and to find my haven, right? And so YouTube was that space for me where I felt like, okay, like if I'm not gonna be able to you know, ever come out to my parents, or then I can have my own little, I watched, you know, Taylor Oakley's coming out video, and I was, and it was weird, because I could understand why someone was crying for coming out, and it felt like it was a relief, but they had supportive people, and I, and I didn't, and so I, I just didn't really quite feel safe around me, but I, I felt safe on YouTube, um, virtually, which is crazy that, like, secular people Godless people made me feel safer than the people of God themselves. Um, my goodness, that is so hard. Um, and I think that the church needs to look at that, that line. Secular, godless people made me feel more at home than the people of God themselves. Um, but so I remember just watching their videos and I, you know, I think I, had, I was talking to a, a friend at the time. She was religious. She has since repented and given her life to Jesus. And she's doing amazing things for the Lord now. So God has forgiven her. I've forgiven her. You know, but at the time I had told my friend, I was like, oh my, I think I had mentioned like Tyler Oakley or like a, a gay YouTuber. And they turned around, they looked at me and they said, ew, hate gay people. Da, 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 da. I don't know if they said that particularly, but they were talking about, I hope, yeah, she said, I hope they burn in hell. I hope they, this is coming out of someone who's quote unquote Christian. And, 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 and hear me, secular people, godless people, that is not a Christian. That is a religious person. There's a difference. That is not a follower of Jesus. That is a, a religious person, right? And so I just was confused. She was like, 
I hope they burn in hell. I, she was cursing them, which is what we could call now cursing people. She was cursing, speaking these curses over them rather than blessing them, rather than speaking life with them, rather than prophesying that God would turn their lives around and they would give their lives to Jesus. She was cursing them. And that's the fruit. That's how you know you're not walking in the spirit is that you, instead of using your tongue to speak righteously, you use your tongue to curse. You use your tongue to curse. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible says that there's power. The life and death is life and death's power is in your tongue. And so she was just cursing me. And so I sought refuge, seemingly. And I ran to an, an older person that I knew at the time, thinking that they could kind of help me out a little bit. And I spoke to them and I said, like, you know, so-and-so was saying this. And I was kind of emotional. And she looked at me and she said, well, well, you don't, you don't, you don't believe in this stuff, do you? Of course she's right. Of course. Um, this is, you know, and she was affirming what my friend was saying. And I felt cornered. Friends, I felt afraid. I felt betrayed and I felt very, very um, by myself. And I didn't understand what was going on um once again and i remember at that point that was where I, I turned from like getting to the point where i could accept myself to literally like just hiding and covering myself um and so i just from that point i kind of just just kind of did my own thing i never really spoke about it until i had my little rebellious phase again having that same experience um, talking to a Christian friend, I was reading a book with gay characters. She just outright was like, ew, ew, like, and she was like, girl. And even if she justified her disapproval through her beliefs and the faith, um, which at the time I wasn't a born again Christian, and so I, some, some, like, like we say in French, like, it didn't mean anything to me. I still felt hated. And I think it's a lie from the enemy to think that the more you put your foot down, the more you show people, the more they'll want to come to Jesus. But I've never heard a testimony of a gay person being like, it was that one time where I had this one friend, she told me I deserve to burn in hell. And I just felt like, I just felt the pouring of the, of the father's love on me. Like, I just felt the father's love. Like, <laughs> no one says that. Like, it wasn't, that wasn't when my story changed. It wasn't when I heard my friend talk about this. It wasn't when I heard Christians wanting to ban this and ban that. It wasn't then. It was when I walked into a church who had just suffered consequences because they had put their foot down against the government who was asking them to go against the, the biblical boundaries. And they had just suffered it. And yet, they didn't know this, but my heart was stained. I was still in that, not lifestyle, but I was still... I, you know, in that kind of way of thinking, and I was, I, I had not included Jesus in my journey there, and so I just completely, like, didn't want to be at that church, I was like, oh, I had to go, it was volunteering hours, <laughs> it was a church camp, um, which I believe this marks the same week that I came, either this week or the week after, but anyways, it was a Christian camp, and that church literally welcomed me, they didn't know anything, but I felt so stained. And I felt so dirty walking into church. And yet, like, I felt the most blessed afterwards. Like, I came one way 
Amen. And I left another. Have y'all watched The Chosen? When Mary Magdalene is like being like saved by Jesus. And then like Nicodemus is like, what happened to you? Who is this guy? And she's like, I don't know. But all I know is I was one way and now I'm another, right? Like that was my story. Um, I, I walked into church one way. I didn't left another, okay? Um, because I just, I, I felt so much pouring and love from these people and I felt like for once maybe Jesus could hug me maybe Jesus um was not here to look at my sin but maybe he was here to heal my soul um soul maybe he was here for that and so that was the beginning of my journey but I want to give you I want to give you guys a little mini conversation of grace there because it's like even if I had that encounter um I still was was kind of experiencing and that was, that was what led me in grade 10 to come out to my friends as being asexual because I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't understand why I was why some days I was not attracted to anybody and some days I had my emotions all over the place. I, I didn't understand that. Building your life off of the way you view a person sexually is a weak foundation. By that I mean take in, when you talk about the word identity, it literally means who you are right so we're talking about identification show me your id right you need a card right? whether it's your driver's license or your your health card or your whatever right anything with your id on it it's like information about who you are right your date of birth your sex you know whatever like that is when you're talking about who you are you're getting down to the chromosomes right and then you're saying this is who i am but to build your life to make decisions, to walk into places based off how you feel sexually about a human being is a weak foundation. And that's what I'm trying to stress in this podcast is reevaluate where do you place your worth. And this goes beyond sexual identity. This message is to Christians and non-Christians, right? When you talk about identity, what gives you purpose, ta raison d'être, the reason as to why you exist, as to why you live, when you are placing that reason on something that is not strong enough to carry you, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. And so, same thing goes for someone who is putting all of their mind and their soul into ministry. Um, they're, they're putting their heart and soul into it. Their work and the results reflect them. They say, if I do well in this area, that means I am a this if I succeed, that means I am smart, I am savvy, I am, am successful, I'm strong. But if I fail, it means I'm stupid, I'm slow, I'm, you know, like, and, and, and that's what I mean by identity. When you are literally placing your worth, who you are, in that. So we use this word identity. Identity, identity, identity. It means it encompasses who we are, meaning it is our very being, it is who we are. This one particular part of ourselves encompasses our very being. And yet, if we are attaching ourselves to labels, we'll be stuck, literally. We'll be full of so many labels, right? I'm a queer, I'm a sister, I'm a doctor, I'm a businesswoman, I'm black, I'm Canadian. Then who are you? Picture this, right? Yellow sticky notes. One by one, you write something that you label. I want you guys to do this exercise as we're speaking. If you're driving, 
Do it as you're driving. Just kidding. Don't do that. Pull up. Okay. If you're cooking, take a minute when you have time in your day. Or if you are working out, once you're done working out, okay, don't don't stop now. Keep running, all right? Um, don't stop. Um, but once you are done, I want you guys to try to practice this exercise. Grab some sticky notes and write down a label that you find yourself, right? So for me, I would say, well, I'm, I'm black. That's one part of my identity right i'm black um another part of my identity is i'm a woman um i'm haitian right um i'm a sister i'm a daughter i'm a student i am um a canadian citizen um so you know all of these different labels i um am a servant at church right i serve in ministry um right all these labels and then, um, if you follow, you'll notice, you'll keep writing these, these, these labels. If you keep following culture's recipe on how to live and be your true self, eventually you have so many sticky notes that you'll be covered up and you'll be stuck with so many sticky notes that you won't even know where to look. My goodness, you have a sticky note here on your eye and sticky note on your left eye and you won't even, your body is stuck and you're taped all around yourself. You don't know where to look because your eyes will be covered. It's too many labels and too many of us are covered. Too many of us are blinded because we've been labeling ourselves with so many different types of labels. But wisdom says you pick one. So which one will it be? Which one will it be? I have a little illustration for you guys. I was working as a summer camp counselor during the summer. Um, and every Friday, we would give these kids these wooden badges. Um, and the kids, they can color and paint on them and they can bring it home. Most kids, right, understood that you're only allowed one. But there was this one particular little girly who I miss already. Um, and we're going to call her Haley for the sake of this episode. Um, Haley, she reached for the tin can, um, and she grabbed, like, a handful of badges, and I was like, Haley, like, I was trying to remind her, Haley, it's just one, you know, you can only just pick one badge, okay, and she refused to listen, and as she held a white, and I just saw her face, she refused, as she, as, you know, she refused to listen, as she held with a white knuckle grip on the many wooden badges, and after a few reminders um, and a few disappointed looks, she finally understood. And one by one, I saw her. She began to drop the badges. She be- Amen. She began to drop the badges one by one. I see search for the one. For the one badge she wanted to keep. And I watched as her small fingers carefully sifted through the badges she no longer wanted to keep, right? There was one of a leaf, one of a peace sign, one of a heart, amongst many other things. And finally, she had found her one. I stood there in holy peace as I watched her keep this one badge, a crown. It was so clear to me in that moment what the Lord was saying to me. Royalty. Royalty is who you are. You are a daughter of the Most High. You are seated above. That is who you are. And that is the only label you should stick with. It is no coincidence that that morning, in my morning time with God, in my devotional reading, um, my devotional um, was titled Princess in the Kingdom. And it said this, At our fanciest, 
Amy and I done brightly colored dresses, rhinestone, jewelry, and plastic crowns. We sip lemonade for doll-sized teacups and eat candies and crackers off of coordinating plates. My heart is so tickled. I can't wait for the day she discovers it's not make-believe. She's actually royalty. We are children of the King of Heaven, and our inheritance in Christ is one of power, revelation, and heritage. It's not just a fairy tale, it's who we are in Him. As sons and daughters, we have access to all the riches of His heavenly kingdom, right here, right now, because we have been adopted into His family. We're not waiting here on earth until we die and the real party starts in heaven. Instead, we get a front row seat for the spectacular show of his power and dominion here on earth. Let the full glory of this mysterious and wonderful grace settle in your heart. We are his children. Someday, Amy will understand that the crowns and the jewels were fun, but the one, but the one inheritance worth its salt isn't a fairy tale. It's her reality. Sister, it's yours too. Take some time today to thank God for making you part of his family. Ask for deeper revelation of his plans for his kingdom and pour out a heart of gratitude. All right, so that was actually an expert from my devotional that I read every morning called Her Daily Bread by Kate Wood. If you have not given it a chance to read it, definitely give it a read. It will bless your life. So that was all for part one. Um, we talked about a whole lot and there's so much more to discuss. Honestly, one hour, three hours cannot fit in all the knowledge that God gives us about our identity and who we are and what culture says about it. And so that being said, goodbye, my little sheep and little lioness. I will see you soon.